Hello and welcome to the long-awaited, much-talked-about return of Sound of History Is podcast. Is it much-talked-about? No. By me, maybe. You talked about it a little bit. This is a music history podcast where I'm trying to teach Mika, my wife. My wife. I knew that was coming. <laughs> the entire story of uh, starting with American music history. The entire story? The entire story. I think you skip over stuff a lot, nope. actually. We have talked about every single thing. Okay. So far. We're I, in the 60s yeah. right now. Yeah. Sorry it's been so long. I'm not. Wasn't intentional. I, I needed Life time. Life happened. I needed I needed time. Why'd you need time? Because we were so busy. We were very busy. And did not have any extra to give. <laughs> but I'm here now. And we, we were sick. That was what started the whole thing. Really? Yeah, you didn't have a voice. So we can't really That's do a podcast. That's when this started? Our last episode went up on Thanksgiving Day. Oh my goodness. That was back. That I lost my voice because of the NSC finals. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's been a long time. But Hi we're guys. Back. Hello. Everyone has missed us. No. But we're back. So follow us on social media so you can keep track of the next time where we just disappear for a month. We without don't telling post anyone. if we disappear though. I did. I posted about it on Twitter. Twitter.com slash sound of history underscore. Go follow how long, us. How long did it take? For us to not be releasing stuff for you to post about it. Was uh, it a like couple a month weeks later? probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, stay tuned. We've got nothing planned for 2022, but follow along. <laughs> tell you your friends. We'll, <laughs> we'll have more episodes, I'm sure. Maybe at least three of them in 2022. So follow along. No, we've, do- we've been strong. We've defined strong. But like, <laughs> you know, like... We've we've done stuff. We've done stuff yeah. for a while. Yep. Leave us a review. Tell your friends. All that fun stuff. Okay. I'm still standing. <laughs> Enough all this time. All right. Now, the last Mika is the host now of 2021. Oh. Okay. I wasn't prepared for this. Gotta do your intro music. Mika is the host now. Um. I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's see. I'm going to list all the things that I liked about 2021. Oh, boy. Um, mm, <laughs> hmm. Starting off strong. Hmm. Huh. Went to concerts again. That was nice. Yep. Um, oh, my gosh. Vaccines. Mm-hmm. Love that. Love that. Um. Love not being hospitalized for COVID. Um, Spider-Man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, everyone else is talking about it, so I don't need to talk about it. But it felt like a warm hug from an old friend. It was so good. That's good. Great movie. Oh, beautiful. So beautiful. Um, Okay. Other stuff that I liked. Oh. I mean, you can't even remember two weeks ago. I don't I really expect you to remember all of 2021 <laughs> on the fly. Honestly, I really can't. I started uh, doing was, dip powder on my own nails. That was that's been fun. It was bold of you to start on this little <laughs> project. Um, uh, cooking, 
I've been cooking a lot more because mm-hmm. we have a Cook Smart subscription. Mm-hmm. They tell me what to cook. That's been nice. We went to Boston. We went to Boston in the fall and New York City in Christmas time. And what else did we do? Did we go anywhere else? Or probably not because I don't stuff. We might have done something in like March-ish, but I don't remember. I don't, yeah, I don't know what happened in my life. I don't know. We started see we started being able to see concerts and musicals again, and that makes me happy. Cool. Yeah. Right. Anything else? That's the end of your segment. I would like to plug glitter. Happy New Year. <laughs> I'm hope this should go up before New Year's Day. If it does, Happy New Year's. If it doesn't, happy New Year's anyway. <laughs> new Year? I don't know why I'm making a plural. There's only one New Year coming. Oh. It's the last one. Depends we on how... We gotta make it count. Oh. <laughs> you heard it here? Maybe? Probably not. <laughs> but if it happens, then I'm gonna look so great. Mm. People will be like, man, that one random guy on that one podcast called it. That this would be the last year. Yep. People aren't going to think about that if this is I, the last I year. I will. No, you won't. You'll the be world's ending. I'll be stuff. like, man, I called it. No, you won't. You're <laughs> going to forget that you called it. They would be like, we should have listened to that podcast more. What else did they have to say? Yeah. Oh, well. We're very wise. So tell your friends before it's too late. That's basically what I'm getting at here. I don't <laughs> love the direction <laughs> this is going. Mr. We are now doomsday. a doomsday podcast. We have math. Wait, 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 wait. I know what else I can plug. What? This is the first time that we have have recorded anything since Novel Nashville became oh, live. that's true. Forgot about that. Our friends, uh, Madison and Kelsey, have come up with this brilliant idea to do a... Wait, what's it called? A podcast. No, the other word. Book club? Yeah. To do a book club in the form of a podcast so you can like listen to it when you've read that part of the book so you don't like miss out on the book club aspect because you don't read like me. It's really smart. Anyway, they're lovely and they're funny and they're getting started over at Novel Nash. I think it's Novel Nashville. Oh, I don't know what it is on Instagram, but on like Spotify, I think it's Novel Nashville. Oh, I don't have my phone. Do you have your phone? We're nope. so disconnected. Wait, the internet's right in front of you. It's Novel Nashville on Spotify, at least. So that's probably what it is on like iTunes and stuff. Check what it is on Instagram. That way you can know how, what you're supposed to read and when the Well, they can um, also listen to drops. the trailer episode on Spotify. You can do that. And I know that they have their um, their handles in that in that trailer. Oh, man, that was it a is. mess to record that was so funny it is also novel nashville on instagram okay great. all one word no under spa- uh, no underscores or anything like that give them a follow they're lovely people and they love books so if you're not like me and you love books you love books you just don't know how to read i read a whole book <laughs> a you whole did. one all right, anything else? Mika is no longer the host now. Okay. Dun, dun. <laughs> okay, I do not expect an answer to this. Do I have you know no what clue. we've been talking? <laughs> I have no clue. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's about to happen. <laughs> I don't know what done been happening. I don't know. It's a bonus episode this week. 
We're starting off with the bonus. Also kind of a special, but I don't know. It's she's a weird one. I don't know what your terminology means. We've been well, I've we've done two specials and I normally reserve them for like the biggest artists who like deserve more detailed in-depth discussion and they're kind of like transcend genre like Bing Crosby and the Beatles. Those were our two specials. Bonus is when I want to talk about someone extra within the genre we're talking about. Uh. This one's a mix of both because we talked about funk. We've been talking about like pop in the 60s and we kind of, you know, touched on the British invasion, talked about funk, talked about James Brown. Today, we're still talking about pop, but with someone who transcends genre. We're talking about Aretha Franklin. Aretha? Yeah. She's a special Okay. I, it's just not as in-depth as like the Beatles special Special Aretha was. Franklin. It's not going to be like as long or as detailed as the other specials. So I didn't really want to call it that. But whatever. What do you know about Aretha? R-E-S-P-C-T. Find out what means to me. R-E-S-P-C-T. Aretha. Okay. That's nothing about Aretha. That's <laughs> a song she sang. I don't know, immensely talented. I know a few of her songs. What do I ever know? Nothing. I don't know. I just didn't know she was like, you know a little bit about like Frank. I really just knew that like he was an asshole. Solid. Okay. Well, we're, we're about to learn about her. You ready? Ready to get into it? I'm ready. Okay. Aretha Franklin was born in March 1942 at her family's home in Memphis, Tennessee. She's from Memphis? She is. That's not what she's known for being from. But, but she's she was from born Memphis. there. She didn't like grow up here. That's cool. Not here in Tennessee. Her father, Clarence, was a Baptist minister and civil rights activist. Her mother was a gospel singer and pianist. When she was two years old, the family relocated to Buffalo, New York, but by the time she was five, they had settled in Detroit, where her father took over pastoring a pretty big church there. So she's known as, like, Detroit. That's where she's from, basically. Okay. Her father was known as the man with the million-dollar voice. He was a noted gospel singer in his own right, and a lot of his passionate sermons were recorded and released by JVB Records. At one point, he was able to charge up to $4,000 per speaking appearance. Whoa. He was a big-time celebrity preacher in his day. Four thousand. That was a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Back in like the 40s and 50s. I mean, it's a lot of money now, but back then. Through both of her parents, Aretha was exposed to gospel music at a very early age. And through her father, she was around a lot of the prominent people in the civil rights movement. Those kind of two tracks would continually converge throughout her life. Unfortunately, her parents had a bit of a troubled marriage due to her dad's infidelity, and they would split up when Aretha was six. She would stay with her dad in Detroit while her mother returned to Buffalo. A couple of weeks before Aretha's 10th birthday, her mother passed away from a heart attack. Dang. Yep. Not starting off the best, but you know. These these poor kids never, never do. do. No. Even as a kid, Aretha was seen as something of a musical prodigy. She was mostly self-taught and first started singing at her father's church, where she became instantly known for having a powerful voice. Not much changed throughout her life. Yeah. She learned to play the piano by ear. 
she also dropped out of high school after ninth grade. Throughout her teens, she went on tour with her father, performing in his gospel programs in major cities throughout the U.S. Fun. Because of her father's connections, a lot of her influences were family friends. So she got to learn directly from celebrated gospel singers like Clara Ward and Jackie Verdell, who were like top, top gospel singers. So they were just like family friends. That's awesome. Instead of just being like, oh, I listen to their records and try to copy them, she just like had lunch with them. Other influences included Marvin Gaye, who was her sister's boyfriend. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Yep. Sam Cooke, who she met on tour a few years later. And Ray Charles, who knew her father. Cool. So she's just like incredibly connected to like all of the music world at this point. When she was 12 years old, Aretha gave birth to her first son, named Clarence after her father. How how old? 12. Hoo-hoo. Yeah, I never knew that. Okay. Two years later, she had another son. So she's now 14 with two children. Aretha never liked to talk about these early pregnancies and never revealed the name of the father, saying he was just some guy from school that she didn't care about. Okay. But that was what led to her eventually dropping out of school. The babies were mostly raised by her grandmother and her sister. Also, by being on the road with her father, she was forced to grow up very fast. Even also in, being a mom. Yeah. Just like Loki. But this was like childbirth. Pre that as well. Uh-huh. Okay. Even in the gospel world, it wasn't a place for like a 10 to 12 year old girl. She told her brother that she went back to Sam Cook's hotel room when she was 12 and he was 23. Ray Charles once called Aretha's father's church a, quote, sex circus. Ooh. So... Little, little rough times for little 12-year-old Aretha Franklin. Oh, my goodness. In 1956, at 14 years old, she released her first album due to her father's management made up of gospel songs recorded at her father's church and released by the label that recorded his sermons. The album, known as The Gospel Sound of Aretha Franklin, showed off her electricity as a vocalist, even at 14 years old. Do you want to hear the first single? I'm still processing, but uh, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. It's a song called uh, Never Grow Old. Not the best recording. It is not. Great voice, though. Alright, that's her first ever single from her first gospel record. It's an interesting uh, single. It's not the type of song I would have picked for a single these days. No, I mean, it's also gospel, so I don't, I don't know how plugged in you are in to the gospel scene these days. Uh, uh, <laughs> the last time I was 
listening to anything gospel was probably my mom's Kirk Franklin CDs. Oh. So pretty plugged in. In other words. Pretty plugged in, man. <laughs> that was last weekend, right? Yeah. At the age of 18, after a brief hiatus from touring, she got her father's permission to switch to secular music, which was like following in Sam Cooke's footsteps, who had done that a little bit earlier. She signed a deal with Columbia Records in 1960. Barry Gordy, do you remember him? No. He's the founder of Motown. Okay. <laughs> do you remember Motown? No. <laughs> do you not remember Motown? I don't know. It's like Diana Ross. It's oh, that yeah, 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 yeah. Detroit yeah, yeah. Okay. record label. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Barry okay. Gordy started that label and was the runner of it. He's also the grandfather of the LMFAO guys. That's right. He tried to sign her to his new label, but his father didn't think Motown was established enough, so he passed. But it quickly became the most established record label in the country. Yeah. Oops. Oh, well, I think she did fine without it. Yeah, I think she's okay. Aretha moved to New York City and started working with a prominent executive who signed Count Basie and Billie Holiday. So he's, like, very familiar with jazz in that kind of style, so I think he kind of gave that influence to Aretha a little bit. Okay. He arranged her contract, fitting her into that blues-jazz type of style that she kind of, I mean, she's soulful as well, but she kind of got known for that bluesy type of yeah. voice. Her first single for Columbia, which is called Today I Sing the Blues, was released in September of 1960 and hit the top 10 of the R&B charts. How old is she? Oh, boy. This was 1960, and she was born in 42. So 18? Yeah. Okay. Well, here is Today I Sing the Blues. Aw, cute. A little bit better recording. Do you miss the... the Not at all, no. Without a word of warning The blues walked in this morning And circled around my lonely room I didn't know why feeling until my baby called and said we're through Ooh. Oh, yesterday this time I sang a love song but today That's today I sing the blues. I like it. She released her first album called Aretha with the Ray Bryant combo a few months later in 1961 and and scored her first hit on the Hot 100 singles chart, along with another top 10 R&B chart hit. These songs saw her performing in a wide variety of vocal styles like jazz and blues and standards and doo-wop. So just kind of all over the place. By the end of the year, she saw her biggest success to date with Rockabye Your Baby with a Dixie Melody, which was a cover song, and it tore up the Hot 100 charts. Okay. Have you ever heard that one? I don't think so. Okay. 
I don't I don't know that I had heard it before this. The song was first introduced by Al Jolson in the nineteen nineteen Broadway show Sinbad. Interesting. Do you remember Al Jolson? Uh, a little bit. This guy who sang that Mammy song. Yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> Aretha's version reached number thirty seven in the charts. Like in parentheses, with a Dixie melody. From the heart like, I don't know. Oh, you think the song was song with a Dixie melody? Yeah. I have a problem with whoever's putting eyeliner all around this woman's eyes. Looks great, huh? Well, she looks great in every picture except for Ditch the Eagle. In the blues, she's got Sing the song me and little Joe just as though right, I'll talk about yeah. baby with a Dixie melody. Okay. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> By the end of 1961, Aretha was seen as the next up-and-coming female vocalist and, e- and was even crowned the Queen of Soul. But for the rest of her time on Columbia, Aretha failed to live up to that hype. Oh. Mostly because of Columbia not really recognizing what they had. Uh, that's fair. They failed to bring out the gospel sounds from her youth, and they tried to, and they tried her in like every genre imaginable. So she didn't except have for that. gospel. Yeah, the critics understood her talent and loved her. But while Aretha watched friend after friend tear up the charts with Motown, she couldn't get a major hit. She was still making really good money, over a hundred thousand per year, touring and playing in nightclubs. Her label tried to market her both to kids and to adults. They tried her doing Broadway music, jazz, blues, really really anything at all, but nothing quite stuck. She even appeared on a few rock and roll shows. When her Columbia contract expired in 1966, she owed the label money because her records did not sell enough to cover expenses. Yep. She and her husband turned manager named Ted White decided it was time for a change, so they didn't renew their Columbia contract Yeah, and, and instead went to Atlantic Records. And that proved to be the right move. Hmm. Producer Jerry Wexler played a large part in convincing her to move to Atlantic. He was a producer who loved to develop a soulful sound. He was also smart enough to get out of Aretha's way. He largely let her sculpt her own sound and utilize the gospel influence from her youth. He immediately got her into a studio in Alabama and churned out a song called I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You that became her first million-selling single. You know that song? No. All right, well, we're about to listen to it. Okay. It's live. And I don't know 
That's her first million-selling song. That's awesome. She recorded that song with a group of musicians who played spontaneously, and she improvised the background vocals herself. Cool. So it was all very, like, sporadic, impromptu kind of stuff, which is not what she was doing on Columbia. Yeah. She only spent one day recording in that studio before her husband got into a fight with the studio owner, and they left. (laughs) What? Can't he just control it just a little bit, maybe? No. I mean, she's still got a million-selling song out of it, so I guess it's a pretty productive one day. Through the next two years, Aretha churned out an oppressive string of hits that showcased her gospel roots in a pop-friendly sound. In 1967, she released her cover of an Otis Redding song, Respect. It became her signature song and was also treated as a feminist and civil rights anthem. When Otis first heard her version, he said, quote, That little girl done took my song away from me. <laughs> she also scored two other top ten singles in 1967. I didn't realize that it was a cover. Yeah, we talked about it in the Otis writing episode. Oh, we did? Yeah, we played both and of And I their said versions. I didn't realize yeah. that it was a cover. <laughs> I think most people don't realize it's a cover. Yeah. But Otis writing was incredible. So, great songwriter. And then Aretha's just got a better voice, so she killed it. By 1968, she became the most successful singer in the nation. Her debut album with Atlantic became a gold record. She also released two other albums in 1968 that featured some of her most recognized and loved songs, including one she wrote herself called Think. Since she wrote it herself, I'm going to play it. I like Think. Here it is. favorite apparently according to a survey of one fan at this table yeah in 1970 that's a good sample size yeah in 1970 she returned to gospel music and released an album called amazing grace that sold two million copies and made her the most successful gospel singer of the time with one album amazing grace you really want to be singing on the same episode where we're playing Aretha Franklin? How <laughs> sweet. It's <laughs> that's, that's bold of you, but all right. But after, 19- but after 1971, her career started to decline. No. Her album in 1973 bombed completely, despite the success of a single called Angel. Jerry Wexler left Atlantic 
and her last three albums in the 70s completely bombed. She only saw one success when she worked on the soundtrack to the film Sparkle. Her song Something He Can Feel from that album was her last top 40 hit of the decade. So 70s were not a great time for her. That's weird. Like the mid and 70s. At this point, disco was in full swing, and it eroded her style. She couldn't score a hit. Also, other young singers like Shaka Khan and Donna Summers began to take over. In 1979, she left Atlantic Records. That same year, her father was hospitalized after he was shot twice in his home during a burglary attempt. Oof. So in 1982, she moved back to Detroit to assist with his care. But unfortunately, he passed away in 1984 after being basically in hospice since the shooting. Wow. It's a long hospice. Yep. She was also saddled with a massive tax bill from the IRS because, of course... That tracks. So in 1980, she signed with Clive Davis and his Arista label. Her first couple of albums with Arista earned a few R&B chart appearances, but in 1983, she was back on top with her album called Jump To It. The title track was a dance song and was also her first top 40 pop hit in six years. It's also her first golden record in seven years. Hmm. Here is the title track of that album. That is her her 80s music. I like it. She tried a bunch of different styles at Arista, but managed to get her career back on track through the 80s. Through the rest of the 80s and the 90s, she continued to see success both in records and in touring. By the 2000s, her career had largely slowed down, as you would kind of expect. For real. 40 plus year career. But she still toured and performed. She performed on VH1 in 2001 and reminded people of what she could do and what her voice was. Then, in 2009, she sang at Obama's inauguration. So cool. Her album sales never really reached the height that they once did, but she continued to wow audiences all over the country with her powerful voice. Here she is singing You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman during the 2016 Kennedy Center Honors. 2016, man. I think this was the honor of Doesn't say on this, but I'm pretty sure it's the honor Carol King. And I think this is a song they wrote together or something. Probably going to play a lot of this because it's great. Looking out on the morning rain, I used to feel 
Oh, she's so excited. care about them. It's happening. Girlfriend. This is really great. Also, like, I forgot where I read it, but her taking off her jacket was like a symbolic thing. Oh, because okay. Because there's this old tradition. I don't remember where it comes from, but a tradition of like, in order to show respect, one diva would drop her furs at the feet of another. So it was her oh. way of like honoring and showing respect, kind of like bowing down to Carol King in a way. That's cool. Yeah. 
Even as she had to cancel some shows in 2017 for health reasons, she was still renowned for her showmanship and her singing ability, as you can kind of tell from that last one we just watched. On November 7th, 2017, she gave her last public performance for Elton John's 25th anniversary of his AIDS Foundation. Nice. In August of 2018, it was reported that Aretha Franklin was gravely ill at her home in Detroit. After being under hospice care, she died in her home on August 16th, 2018, at the age of 76. The cause of her death was a distinct type of pancreatic cancer. It's almost impossible to list all of the awards and accolades that Aretha earned in her career. She was the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Her voice was declared a natural resource by the state of Michigan in 1985. (laughs) Just has that much power. (laughs) She was awarded a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award as well as a Grammy Legend Award. There's only been 15 winners of the Legend Award, so she's in pretty great company there. She was a Kennedy Center honoree in 1994 as well as a recipient of the National Medal of Arts. Rolling Stone ranked her first in the 100 Greatest Singers of All Time. She's been inducted into basically every single Hall of Fame that there is. Billboard named her the greatest female R&B artist of all time. Talking about her performance at the Kennedy Center Honors, Obama said, Nobody embodies more fully the connection between the African-American spiritual, the blues, R&B, rock and roll, the way that hardship and sorrow were transformed into something full of beauty and vitality and hope. Wow. And that's Aretha Franklin. That's cool. I, I, I've had to have known at the time, but I just can't. I forgot that she died so recently. Like 2018, that was three years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know I knew at the time, but. Yeah. I forgot. Like, it's just in my mind, she's been gone for much longer than that. Yeah. Which is sad, but. It's like, we were only. That was a little over a year before we started the show that she died. That's wild. Yeah. All right. Well, anything you want to add about Aretha? Thanks, Aretha. One time we did a show choir performance with Boa's. To respect. It was fun. (laughs) I think Madison's nose started bleeding. That makes sense, I guess. Well, next week, or, you know, whenever, we switch it up quite drastically, and we talk about psychedelic rock. Mm. (laughs) Go from Aretha to psychedelic rock, and then we get into metal, and that'll be a fun one. Lord. Metal and Led Zeppelin and talk about Black Sabbath in there. It's fun. That will be cool. All right. Anything, any, any sign off for the people? Good night, New York City. Hold your head high. (laughs) Wear a condom. Signing off. This is Robin Shabatsky. Happy New Year. And good night. (laughs) I didn't even know you. You couldn't have been too much more than tame.